0: Tracy Seacombe is an entrepreneur, personal development coach, mentor, and former Miss Australia. She inherited the entrepreneurial spirit from her father and has run her own businesses since she was a mere 18 years old. However, in 2016, when Tracy's beloved mother passed away, She was reminded of the importance of making time for herself and her family, and she consolidated the three businesses that she was running at the time into launching her current business, Soul Pleaser. In this episode, we discuss the way that people-pleasing can show up for us, why we can struggle with indecision, how to combat that tendency to say yes to everyone, even when it's to our own detriment, why Tracy now puts herself first and believes that you should too and how to lean into listening to and pleasing our souls rather than other people. I absolutely loved this wide-ranging chat with Tracy and I know that you will too. Let's get into it. So Tracy, so great to be here with you today.
1: You too. Thanks, Emily. I'm excited to
0: chat with you. So for those of you that maybe haven't come across you before, what is it that you spend your days doing? Who is Tracy?
1: I spend my time working with women, helping them to give up people pleasing and learn how to soul please, which is such a blessing because it's wonderful. I absolutely adore what I do.
0: I'd love to hear what does soul please mean to you?
1: So soul pleasing for me is first of all, remembering that we are a soul in a body, so when not just the physical body with the mind and learning about more about who we are so that we can tune into that inner wisdom that we have. And this allows flow in our lives. So when you're a soul pleaser, you can just tap into that inner wisdom and really be guided and live in flow as opposed to, you know, really having to weigh up pros and cons, think really hard, take lots of action, Life becomes easier once you are soul pleasing rather than people or ego pleasing.
0: Oh, I'm excited to chat about this. I can totally understand and resonate with what you're saying there, kind of being stuck in the head and trying to weigh everything up versus dropping down into more of the gut or the soul. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That
0: makes a lot of sense. How did you get into the work that you're doing, Tracy? You've got such an amazing background, a diverse background. Could you share a little bit of that with us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's such a change from what I've done for the rest of my life. So I was a physiotherapist after high school. I went to study physiotherapy and I started my own business back in 1996. And I ran a physiotherapy company for 22 years. And in 2016, my mum passed away. And as a result of that, I really started to soul search, I guess, and decide what was most important to me. And I also reflected on the place that I was in at the time. I was running my physiotherapy business, an anti-aging business, and I was a thinking into results facilitator, which is a Bob Proctor program. And I have three children and I, a husband, and I managed all of our investment properties. And so I was in burnout and my mum was a real people pleaser and she really put herself on the bottom of the priority list and always put everybody else first And I realised that I was going down the same track as my mum and she really attributes a lot of that to how she ended up being unwell. And so that was a real turning point for me. And I thought perhaps there's a different way. And it occurred to me one day, it was like the idea just dropped in. I said to somebody, I feel like I've gone from being a people pleaser to a soul pleaser through my own transformation and that awakening. And so then I decided that maybe other women might have experienced the same sorts of things. And and created a program and started coaching it. And I've been doing that now for four and a half years.
0: And I'm so sorry to hear about your mum, Tracy. That's just, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. What a transition to move. What was that transition like for you? Did you slowly wind down your other work and businesses to then build up the coaching business or what did that look like?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question, because I think a lot of people can end up in something that has been great for them for years, but maybe they've outgrown it. And I think the big thing for us to realise is that we're here to expand and we can really love something and be passionate about it for a period of time. But then there's something else calling us. It's the next step for us. And so with my anti-aging business, I didn't want to do it anymore. And this is where the people pleasing comes in. I reflect back when I used to lie in bed with my husband at night saying, I just don't want to do it anymore. And he's very pragmatic. And he would just say, well, just stop. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> you know. And, you know, I really teach people now that we always have a choice. But at the time, I really felt like I didn't have a choice. And when he asked me why not, my resounding answer was, which is so common to so many women, is I just can't let everybody down. And it was really the main reason I was staying in that business. I had a team of 10,000 people around the world. I felt they all really depended on me. And I knew that they would be really disappointed if I said, I'm out. And in the end, I chose to follow my heart and follow this calling. And I didn't at that time know what it was. I knew there was something else for me and that's why I had outgrown this, but I didn't know what it was. So it took a lot of trust to take that leap and Absolutely. leave something.
0: Absolutely, Yeah,
1: and, and something that was working, to walk away from something that was working really well. It was very successful. I loved it for the time that I'd loved it, but it had just become too much because I was such a people pleaser. And yeah, I walked away. And the interesting thing is for those people that might be in a similar situation who are listening to this, that although some people said they felt, really upset that I'd left. They then stepped up and became the leaders that they were ready to be because they couldn't rely on me anymore. So I believe that if you follow your soul's calling, it will always be for the highest good for all. And then with the physiotherapy business, my partner was ready to retire in the business. And so we sold the business to someone who worked for us, who has now taken it on as her baby. And she's really excelling at that as well. So, so many people have really benefited because I've trusted my soul. And I think that that's the case for everybody.
0: It's not easy to walk away when I think things are working and it's like, am I going crazy here? What is happening? What's going through my mind? Like, everything
1: on paper adds up and looks good, but something just doesn't feel right with me. It's so true. And a lot of people thought that I had gone crazy. (laughs) Luckily, my husband didn't, but he was very supportive. Um, But from being a physiotherapist in a very scientific background and then showing up with a business called Soul Pleaser, there were a few eyebrows raised, like as she lost her mind, you know, it took a lot of trust and it took a lot of self-belief that I hadn't had in the past, which is really cued in with the people pleasing part that you do things because you get approval and recognition from other people, and other people look highly upon it. Whereas I had to turn the other cheek to the people who thought, really? Soul pleaser? You know? So you have to really know who you are and love yourself to be able to be so brave to do something that only you really know what you're doing. Nobody else That's
0: it. No one else can kind of see that vision that we have. It's like, just trust me here. Trust me here. And it really makes a difference to have some supportive people around, like it sounds like you did. So... So I'm excited. We're going to talk about some of those maybe warning signs that we might be people-pleasing and then some strategies that you're going to share with us, Tracy, around how we can help to overcome that. But before we get into that, I'd love you to share. You've been a member of the Modern Marketing Collective. I'd love to hear what role this might have played in your business and in your marketing. What made you decide to join and what have you got out of it?
1: Oh, uh, Emily, I want to thank you so much for the Modern Marketing Collective because I think that this really aligns with what I talk about in Soul Pleasing. is the reason that your business is so successful is because you really are aligned with your soul and you're really being yourself. And so I'm really drawn to that because I'm a soul pleaser. I'm really drawn to other people who, A, really trust themselves, really know what they're doing and genuinely want to help people. And so what you've been able to do is share your knowledge that really comes quite easily for you because you've implemented it yourself. And so that's your genius zone, that's your strength, that's your calling, and then you can adapt it to anybody who is at any level. And for me, being 52, I think sometimes using Instagram is not, for example, something that comes natural to us. You know, I needed my daughter to set my account up for me. And then to be able to tap into your you know, younger generation wisdom, but particularly your genuine desire to help people. So that's what I've loved about it. And it's really, my, my following has grown to 1,206 at the moment, which is really exciting, but particularly the engagement and particularly people reaching out to me to ask about my program as a result of my Instagram account, thanks to you.
0: So good to hear, Tracy. And yeah, it's like it's all very well to have a following, but if they're not engaging and not moving towards actually saying, Tracy, how can I work with you? I love what you're sharing. Then um, it doesn't mean a whole lot. So that's that's awesome. All righty. Well, let's take a look. What are perhaps some of those challenges or warning signs or mistakes that you see when we might be people pleasing? What does this look like?
1: Yeah. So one of the first things will be that you'll have a conversation with somebody. And then you go away and rehash it and wonder what they thought or whether you offended them in some way, or should I have said that? And so people who are stuck in their head and they find that they overthink are quite often really worried about what other people think or even what people in the past thought which can show up as your inner critic. So it's not always going to be people who are in your life now. It might be that little voice in your head that's hard on you. So rather than focusing on what you're doing well, you might be the person who's always really being hard on yourself and really pointing out your mistakes and regretting your mistakes. So if you are a person like that, then you might be somebody who would benefit from learning how to let go of some of your people-pleasing Being stuck in your head, falling asleep because you're very tired, but then waking up in the middle of the night and thinking and not being able to switch off. So sort of that concern about other people's opinions. And I think in business, which is probably, you know, most of the people who are listening to your podcast, it can really hold you back from that live video that you're going to do, you know, or you, you do the video five times over because you're like, oh, that came across a bit weird or, you know, because you're just so critical because you're really worried about what people are going to think. And it really prevents you from being yourself, which is exactly what people are looking for so that they know whether you're a fit for them.
0: Yes. Where do you think this comes from? Is this different for everyone or do we all have this in us? Have you kind of seen any patterns here, Tracy?
1: Yeah, definitely. So there are people who rarely people-please. So my husband, for example, would be in that category. And then there are serial people-pleasers, which was me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Got it, got it.
1: (laughs) Um, And I do find that there are more female people-pleasers, in my experience, than men. And I think it has been because of the modelling that we've observed when we're growing up. My generation in particular are real people-pleasers because our mothers tended to be martyrs, so they just did it all. So my mum was a nurse, so she was really caring and worrying about her patients, worrying about their families, then worrying about her kids, doing everything, you know, in the house and really feeling like she just had to care about everybody else and then, you know, she was just on the bottom of the priority list. And so I think this is really relevant to your audience because if you're working with coaches, we are naturally carers, So we're drawn to helping others, which is our true essence. That is our soul's calling. But the mistake that we make is that we put ourselves second to our audience, to our clients or to our family. And then we're just depleted in the end because there's no space for us.
0: Absolutely. And have you seen this lead to even feelings of resentment come up there
1: definitely so when we say yes but that's not what we mean for me yes was so automated it would fall out of my mouth before i even knew what i was saying yes to mm-hmm. so i can, I can <laughs> resonate <laughs> <laughs> and i think we felt we feel very proud of that because people will say if you want something done ask emily she'll do it you know because i know that was the case for me and so we get that recognition and that pat on the back and that praise, which makes us want more of that, and so we do more of it. And we never want to let anyone down. We never want to disappoint anyone. And so people come to us and say, will you do this? And so you say, yes, 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 yes. And then you end up begrudgingly doing it because you didn't have time, you didn't have the resources. It wasn't necessarily aligned with your vision because you didn't take that into account. And so now you're begrudgingly doing it. And of course, then you're not at your best. You're not actually offering the highest level of service that you could, which is not going to give your clients the most amazing result they could get, which is not going to grow your business. So in terms of being successful in business, I have found that by really being honest to people and really being honest to myself, what do I really want? allows my business to expand because I'm only in my sweet spot. I'm not saying yes to every opportunity that comes my way. And I'm really glad you asked this question because resentment blocks success. Negative belief systems actually block the flow of success that will naturally come to you if you can let resentment go. And part of that is by knowing what you want and trusting that and aligning that when people come to you with opportunities and requests.
0: Do you have strategies to actually help us make decisions? Perhaps it's a list of all the really clear vision and maybe these are my non-negotiables of what I'm happy to do and what I'm not happy to do. Is that something that you encourage or suggest?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Decision making is really one of the things that improves when you become a soul pleaser. So as a people pleaser, we second guess ourselves because we're actually trying to take everybody else into consideration when we make a choice. Oh my gosh, yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true, isn't it? Like how will this affect so-and-so and what about them and what about them? And when we understand that they are in charge of that and the only thing that we're in charge of is ourselves, that can feel selfish if we haven't been taught otherwise. Like I've been taught selflessness and that can be really looked at as a really great thing to aspire for. But really, if we can really focus on self, then we get very clear on our vision. We get very clear on our genius zone and our sweet spot where it makes sense for us to spend our time. So if we decide that we just want to be good at everything, we won't be good at anything. But if we just know, like for me, it's coaching. Like the best thing for me to do is to be interviewed on a podcast or to be coaching somebody. That's it. That's my genius. So not
0: not tweaking and (laughs) updating your website, not putting together flyers.
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. None of that. So I have great people looking after those things for me and I just stay where I'm good. So for example, the other day, somebody asked me if I would come to a little get together where eight friends were going to get together and they would love that. But no, my sweet spot is running my own retreat. So the whole thing flows the way I want it to, not just rocking up to what they've organized. And I don't want to do that because the outcome of that is then outside of what I'm doing. And so I can't guarantee a great result. So it's just, it's really about self confidence. It's really about knowing who you are and having that self worth where you have the confidence to make a decision that in your heart, it's a knowing rather than a toing and a froing. And it's about your vision and your genius zone. So
0: powerful. What's the third warning sign or, or thing that you notice in
1: people pleasers? So we've, what have we covered so far? So the we've rehashing. covered so much.
0: We've probably <laughs> covered five, ten, I don't know.
1: <laughs> so I think we've talked about the rehashing and the overthinking. And we've talked about the resentment because we say yes when we mean no. The other one would be apart from saying no, just a general not speaking our truth in general. So not saying what we really mean. And it's because we want to avoid confrontation and we don't want to offend people. But there is there is an energetic field between all of us. And so relationships will go to the next level when we start to first know what is true for us, because as a people pleaser, we lose that. We're so used to going along with the crowd to fit in, or to make sure that things go smoothly, that we lose our voice and we're not really sure what it is. We're not sure what our opinion is or what's important to us or what our values are because we've kept the peace. And so the first step is to understand that and know that. And then in the relationships that are important, we don't have to do it to the whole world, but just to the people that are important to us, like our husbands or our partners or our kids is to really be honest and just a really simple example is for the first i don't know 18 years of my marriage i watched movies that my husband liked so quite a high body count <laughs> loud blood shooting, you know, and I'm really sensitive to energy, which a lot of people pleasers are as well. And so I'd be having little mini heart attacks throughout these whole movies. And so one day I said a few years ago, I don't want to watch this movie. And he's like, what do you mean? You love these movies. And I thought, oh, my God, I have been such a great actress that he even thinks that I enjoy this sort of movie because I wanted to spend the time with him. And so I was willing to just take one for the team But really, it wasn't good for me. And so I haven't watched one since. So, you know, and he didn't care. It's funny how we avoid something because we think it's going to be a big deal. But when you start to know what's true for you and share that, it really can deepen your relationships. And it's really good for your business as well to do that too.
0: So true. I think Coda knows when I'm not into it because we'll spend ages trying to find a movie or something, and then Coda and I'll just be like, You choose one. He'll put one on, and then instantly I'll just like fall asleep. So, (laughs) (laughs) exactly.
1: It can be a difficult compromise sometimes because we just have very different tastes and things like that. Yeah.
0: So, what are some of the strategies that you work with with your clients, Tracy? Perhaps the top three or so that listeners might be able to start thinking about and implementing. If they've recognized some of these behaviors, and I certainly have myself, what are are some strategies that you can share with us?
1: Well, I think that the first thing for everyone to do, and this is the first step that I took, is that I was in burnout and I didn't even realize that I was. So people pleasers tend to be very, very busy. And part of the reason we keep ourselves busy is we have learned to make other people's emotions more important than our own. So we want to make sure everyone else are happy. And so we're willing to compromise our own happiness to do that. So we actually learn to avoid our feelings. So if we do feel a bit grumpy, we just put a happy face sticker on it and just push it down because we don't want anyone else to realize that we're unhappy because that wouldn't help them. And so this busyness is actually an addiction and it's a form of numbing ourselves and numbing our feelings. And so that's why we end up living in our heads. That's why we overthink. And that's why we feel stressed because when we're thinking all the time, it causes tension in our bodies and it's not great for our health. And so the first thing that we need to do is a life detox or a life declutter. So we do it with our wardrobes and our houses. And it's something that it's really important to do with our life. This is one of the first things I did and I do it regularly now. So I look at all the things I'm doing And I put them into the left-hand column. So for those people who like tables and columns, (laughs) that practical side. So the left-hand column, these are all the things that I do on a regular basis. Second column is why do I do them? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because often the why that we started something has changed. So, for example, with the company that I decided to walk away from, the anti-aging, The why, when I started, was because I tried the product. I absolutely loved it, got an amazing result, and I couldn't stop sharing it with people. But then over time, because I was doing so well at it, the people in the company were pushing me to travel the world and speak on stage, and I was away from my family. And so I'd lost the connection with my why. And so the third column was keep doing it, stop doing it, or modify it. And for me, it was stop doing it. But because I got clear on the why, then I was able to decide whether to keep doing it, stop doing it or modify it. And an example of where I modified was my my son is into musical theatre and I just absolutely love giving him the opportunity to do that. And in the left column was driving him to rehearsals all the time. So spending a lot of time driving him (laughs) to rehearsals. And the why was really clear, like this is a passion for him. I love uplifting him and giving him every opportunity. And the third column was modify to really reach out, get to know some other mothers and just share the rides so that there was less driving around. So, you know, if everybody does that with their lives, they can actually create some space. And this is where, we can move on to some of the other steps that really allow us to shift from people-pleasing to soul-pleasing.
0: So good. I love that, Tracy. And I'm not sure if you've heard me say, but I did a kind of a similar version of this when I shifted my business model. And when I started off doing things that felt really, really great to me and then it got to the stage where it just wasn't really fulfilling me. And so just like you said, I I listed down on the left-hand side, basically the different offerings that I had in my business And then next to those, I wrote down, I did do a bit of a, um, how much revenue they brought in as a percentage, but then I put down basically how they made me feel. And it was pretty obvious. Like you said, for you, it's like coaching and speaking for you is where you're the best. It's probably what gives you energy, where you feel really great. And it became obvious to me where those areas were. So I'd love everyone, I'm gonna do that activity, like you said, around all those things that we're doing in our life. And then I think we could even take it one step further and do your activity for those different elements we offer in our business and why we're offering them. And chances are at the start, Maybe the the reason is different to now. So, so powerful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great timing for you to mention that because my signature program is from People Pleaser to Soul Pleaser. And after the first group of women went through, they wanted to become coaches as a result of doing the program. So I started a program called Purpose Prosperity for them because they asked for it. And three or four years down the track where I am now, I'm actually closing that program this month. Because my heart is so much in the first step. I'm happy to refer them on to somebody else like you once they've done that first shift because that's where my heart is and that's what lights me up. So, you know, those women have done really well from doing that program and they're grateful for it. But I can honor myself and say, I'm not going to keep doing it just because people are asking for it. There are other people who are more passionate to help them than me. I want to sit right in the people pleaser space because that's what I adore. And, and just being willing to change, being willing to go, I love this now, but I might outgrow it in the future, which is okay. And expand into something else.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Such a great example. And it can feel like it's not the done thing to stop doing something. And I think you are probably past this because you've really worked on yourself, but it can also feel like, and this is the people pleasing, I'm sure. What will other people think?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that doesn't even enter my mind now, but the old me, it would have. And even the ladies who are in the group, you know, we're going to miss you so much. And I'm like, you're going to be fine. You know, so there's not that need to be needed. Like, as a people pleaser, we actually want people to follow us forever. And really, as coaches, our role is to empower others, not to make them dependent on us. And so I'm like, you will be fine. Trust your soul. You will attract the best new coach for you. You know, you don't need me. And so that's really empowering for yourself and for your clients to be able to get to that point.
0: So good. All right. What is number two? What's another strategy that you might have?
1: So number two is one of the most important things you can do. So the old me, this was my order of priority. So my business was first. My business was my number one priority, the three businesses. (laughs) And then number two was my family. So poor family, because they were underneath all of that. And number three was me. And so I got no time whatsoever. So I would wake up and work, 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 go to sleep. I really felt like I was working during my sleep because I never switched off. And so it was like bubbling over. And even my dreams would be about work. Like I just was 24-7 working. And now this will sound really selfish to people who haven't learnt this concept before and it would have to me. I am number one and number two is my family and number three is my business. And the reason for that is because how I feel. So when I say that I am the priority, what I mean is my feelings are my priority. When I feel good, which is for me being aligned with my soul, then I am the best to my family and I am the best to my business. And those things flow as opposed to me efforting and pushing to make things happen. And so when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is feel good. And that is my priority is to feel good, feel good, feel good. And the more that I feel good, then the more everything flows in my business and in my family and my life in general. So it's a huge turnaround. And it's absolutely life-changing. And I would say to you, if at the moment you're the same as I was, where it's business, family and yourself, just start with when you open your eyes in the morning after sleeping, just think a good thought, just start as small as that and you can gradually build on that and gradually create more and more in your morning routine so that you feel really great.
0: That's great. I was going to ask you how you how you suggest making that shift so when we wake up in the morning it's kind of getting the thoughts right is that is that right
1: yeah because what we tend to do is pick up our phone and then we're allowing someone else to create our day because how we feel is going to depend on whether the email or the text message is negative or positive you know did we lose some followers overnight or did we gain some so then it's all about what other people are doing which is people pleasing so if we allow our emotions to be based on how other people are responding to us, our emotions are going to always be on a roller coaster. When I was a people pleaser, I was an emotional roller coaster, up when things went well, down when things didn't go well, up, down, up, down. And so I had no control over my emotions. And the best place of the day to start the control of your emotions and at first you might only last 10 seconds but just start where you start is by thinking a good thought that feels good and then you might get till breakfast and the kids scream or something and, and you drop again and that's okay just gradually practice feeling better and feeling better and when you're feeling better that is when you're soul pleasing because your soul is always happy your soul is pure love And so being a soul pleaser is just becoming more and more frequently and consistently aligned with that emotion of the soul.
0: I'm loving this. So, so practical, (laughs) so helpful. What's what's strategy number three you've got for us, Tracy?
1: So strategy number three would be to tune into your calling. And a lot of people feel that their purpose is one big thing and it's always going to be the same. So a lot of people come to me saying, I don't know my purpose. And so what I want to reassure anybody who's listening to this is that we all have the same purpose in general, which is to expand, which is growth. So we're always going to be expanding, which means we're always going to be changing. So therefore, nothing is going to stay the same, which means becoming comfortable with change and being comfortable with uncertainty. Some of us want to control things so strongly. We want to have a business with a business plan and we want to follow it exactly as we thought it was going to turn out. And I used to be like that. I was such a big goal setter, set a plan. There's nothing wrong with doing these things. But if you can have flexibility of not knowing what amazing opportunity is around the corner that you could not even dream of if you tried to. And this comes from knowing that your purpose is expansion And your second purpose, which might be on the bottom of your list at the moment, is joy. Expansion and joy. And when we're working so hard and trying so hard to be a good girl and to be perfect and to be successful, we are actually resisting that joy. And it is that joy that allows us to attract those incredible opportunities So if you can shift your purpose to expansion and joy, then you're going to make different choices and different intentions with whatever you do in your business. For example, this morning being interviewed by you, I could be, for example, nervous because I could be thinking, oh, I hope I say the right thing. You know, I hope I don't mess up. I hope I don't make a mistake because my intention is to be perfect or my intention is to be what Emily wants me to be or what the listeners want me to be. But instead, my intention for this interview was to have fun and to feel joy.
0: I love it. And I can feel it. Like, this is just so, so wonderful, so fun. I love what you said. I think it's very poignant around being a good girl and putting on a smile and not making other people uncomfortable with perhaps our emotions or how we're feeling. It's a lot to shift that, I think, isn't it? And it's just, it's kind of a... fascinating thing that I wonder if society is becoming more aware of I feel as though there's a bit of a incredible uniting of women as well and saying like we have so much power and the way that we are as women is amazing and that feminine energy has so much power as well I'm wondering what your thoughts are around that
1: yeah I'm so glad you said that Emily I really agree like I feel like Because when from people pleasers to soul pleaser dropped in, that's actually what it felt like. It was like I received it and it's part of a global movement. So I was very clear that it was for women and I was very clear that women were rising up to actually honour their feminine energy as opposed to trying to fit into business in a man's way, which doesn't make men wrong, but really... A tuning into that masculine energy, which never felt right, you know, and that's why I was so drawn to your program as well. I love to be taught by other women because the pushiness of business doesn't feel right. And when you're a soul pleaser, it's totally unnecessary because if you're aligned with the truth of who you are and you're showing up as her, your unique soul signature attracts the perfect clients for you and you will love working with them. I know, that's what I'm
0: like. I'm like, I just love the people that I get to work
1: with. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to push someone into your program, because it won't work and you won't end up enjoying it. And then you'll resent it and regret it. And you're like, why did I talk them into doing the program? They're so not a fit. And when you have that trust, you can just show up every day knowing that people will flow to you. But yeah, I think there's a huge rising up of women. And I love this saying, the Dalai Lama said that the Western woman will save the world. And I just got goosebumps when I read that. That was just before I started Soul Pleaser. And it was like a remembering, you know, when you hear something and you're like, oh, I know, I knew that. It's like deja vu. And I just see it everywhere. I see women stepping into who they are and it's going to shift things. It's going to shift the balance so that we have more peace and love and inclusiveness and come from a nurturing place without sacrificing ourselves.
0: And I think recognition that, having a very structured set idea of how business should be and a business plan that is whatever that looks like versus just leaning into the soul and what we feel drawn to. I think recognition that that is just as amazing as the other way of doing business too. It's not, and because I remember when I used to work in a job that didn't last too long, we would be referred to as doing fluffy work. And it's just like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Yeah, you can imagine how I felt.
1: Yeah, totally. And you, you can imagine that that's what people said about the word soul. You know, the fact that I chose a business called Soul Pleaser, and it was probably ahead of me that name. Like I realize now how perfect the name is five years down the track. But when I came up with it in two thousand and sixteen. At the time, there was a part of me that was panicking about this because I was so practical and I was a doer. I was a roll up your sleeves and take action person because, you know, that's what had worked for me for so many years. And so I would say to you, don't beat yourself up if you're still running a business like that. If you're still a doer and you're still a, this is my to-do list and you're following it, just gradually introduce some ease into that and just gradually tip the balance where there's more ease. But wow, my business now just falls into place. It feels like magic. And all I'm doing is honoring myself and my joy. What feels joyful? What feels joyful is my question and going for that. But also momentum builds. So there is a time and a place right at the beginning. You know, it wasn't all like that at the start. I had to learn things and I had to implement things, you know, so I couldn't just fluff around. I did need to take action. And so you just honour where you're at, but really tap into that purpose of expansion and joy. And expansion can be in the form of learning something new that can be frustrating while you're learning it. <laughs> and it's still expansion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. But like you said, yeah, it's so powerful when you combine those those two different energies as well, rather than just sitting only in the masculine or only sitting in the feminine, actually looking at what works for you and how does that blend look like? I also love, Tracy, I feel as though you've given permission for people to change and to change their minds as well. You know, I think it can be difficult sometimes making a decision. We feel unsure and we can feel as though, well, I've got to stick with that forever. And I I just feel like you've given permission to say, you don't have to. That can be for now and you can change things down the track. And chances are, because we're all here to expand, you will change
1: down the track too. You will, exactly. And we're here to change. And, you know, it's interesting. It's I think it's easier for me to reflect on it now because my youngest is nearly 16. So they're 16 to 22. And I reflect back on the seasons of our lives. And so what's important when you're just engaged, or what's important when you're just married, or you've got young children, or teenage children, or the children have left home will change. And so if you can just be okay with where you're at, and know that it will change over time. But it was really big for me, because there's a saying, I'm a man of my word, which kind of meant when I say I'll do something, I will not change, and I will always stick to it. And I think that the big real evolution and shift globally is that life is fluid, life is expanding, life is changing. And so just because I said something a year ago, it's not necessarily true for me anymore because I've outgrown it. And that's good. You don't have to stick to that same thing. So I would say be light about a decision. When there is a decision in front of you, I don't now put myself under any pressure to make it, what I do is I hand it over to my soul. And so I I open a blank page in my journal. And at the top of the blank page, I ask a question. And I know that the answer already exists. And the way that I'm going to allow the answer in is to align with my soul. And the way that I align with my soul is by feeling relaxed and feeling good. And so I do whatever it takes to feel relaxed. For me, it's walking along the beach, but For you that it's listening, it'll be whatever relaxes you. And when I let go of resistance, it allows the answer to come in. And then I just know. And it can come in in lots of different ways. Sometimes it's a thought, but sometimes it'll be a phone call or you'll read something or you'll watch something or someone will suggest something. Just be open to the signs, but they'll come if you're expecting them to come.
0: Yeah, I find it so powerful just to get out of where I'm at, go on a walk and just have a bit of space there to really, yeah, let things come to me. I find it just so powerful. Tracy, it's been so, so good to chat with you today. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you desperately wanted to share that I haven't asked you?
1: No, I think that that's a good start. I think that I want to give people hope that if you have recognized some of the signs of people pleasing, that first of all, I would say that it's a gift. I would say that people who have being conditioned to be a people pleaser, have got one part of the equation right, and that is that you care about other humans. So just embrace that and just realise that there's a tweak for you to make to include yourself in that so that you care about yourself as well. And that if you care about yourself first, then you're actually going to be of more service to other people. Ah, oh, so So well summed
0: up. Tracy, where can everyone go to find you, follow you, connect with you?
1: So there's a few places. The first one would be my website. I've got lots of free resources and my blog on there. So that's my name, tracyseacombe.com.au. And then I'm Pleaser on Instagram, soulpleaser on Facebook. And I also have a free Soul Pleaser group. And I have a 30 day meditation series that you can follow. So any day of the month, you know, today is the 18th you can join in and do day 18 meditation so you can just follow these 30 day patterns of meditations for free in the group
0: oh that sounds wonderful well thank you for joining me tracy and i look forward to speaking with you soon
1: thanks emily thanks for having me